Hello and welcome to the Digital Health Leader Podcast, a Chime membership series where we bring you the best of the best in digital health leadership. I'm Russ Branzell, your host for the podcast and the CEO and president of Chime, the College of Healthcare Information Management Executives. It is my privilege to welcome you to our new Chime Trailblazer series, where we meet with and celebrate those digital health leaders who are forging new paths, coming up with new and inspirational ideas, and shaping our industry for the better. Those leaders across the industry have proven their talent and determination as they innovate and transform their organizations to meet the moment and shape the future. We're proud to know these leaders and support them here at Chime. Today, I am in the booth with a powerhouse panel of three of the most incredible leaders to start with, but yes, women in HIT who are individual trailblazers in their own unique way. They are chief innovation officers who create products and services with, that delight customers, transform care delivery, and deliver new revenues. They're chief infrastructure officers who align cloud computing and advanced software tools with digital first business goals. And they're chief inspiration officers who energize their teams to achieve the seemingly impossible. I'll go through these our podcast panelists today. I'll first start with the Senior Vice President and CDIO at Orlando Health, Novet Mattis. Uh, she is an amazing leader who is truly one of those great people that I love to know. And now I've heard her personal story, one of my most inspired leaders that just keeps me going every day. Welcome to the program, Novet. Thank you, Russ. Thanks for having me. Next, we'll be joined by a Chime board member, a health technology luminary, and the Senior Vice President CDIO at Tivity Health, Sarah Richardson. And I will mark, if you go out in social media land, one of the most inspirational leaders who keeps us challenged and a person who I don't like seeing if I have not been working out a lot lately because she truly (laughs) challenges me personally. Sarah, welcome to the program. Great to see you, Russ. Thanks. And then, by no means last, um, uh, one of the great strategic thinkers and one of our past boot camp graduates, and I still remember the day she graduated, and this amazing smile that I get to see that you don't, uh, the Chief Digital Officer, Senior Vice President at Centene Health, Anika Gardenhire, truly a great young leader. And I say young intentionally because... Boy, I just met her a couple of years ago when she was in, in a position. Now look at her, one of the most influential leaders in the country. Welcome program, Anika. Thank you so much, Russ. Well, thanks again for all joining us. So, um, ladies, without any doubt, let's talk. This, despite the fact that uh, female consumers make almost 80% of all of our healthcare decisions, and let's just talk roughly about healthcare statistics at a macro level. Uh, Chime is actually a little bit of an anomaly, but when you look at healthcare as a macro level, all of healthcare, huge percentage of the, the, the demographics are women in healthcare. A lot of that is historic roles, whether that be nursing or other roles in healthcare. But then when you start looking at leadership roles, the number goes way down. Um, some would say, and depends on who's doing the survey out there, it could be as low as 30% in leadership positions, senior leadership positions, but then even more so in those, those, those horrible CEO jobs. Well, I'm a CEO, but the CEO roles, it's even a much lesser number. Even today, we'll have our a program today for CEOs and healthcare IT vendor companies, and we'll look in a room at over 100, and there might be somewhere between 5 and 15 that are women in there. Why do you all believe that, that this is the case, that maybe we're not seeing? Is it an opportunity? Is it just waiting for time? When you consider some other industries see a much higher percentage. I'll start with you, Sarah. Why do you think we kind of are in the situation that we are? 
Is it, is it truly an equity opportunity issue? Is it just waiting for certain times and things changing? Why do you think we are where we are? You know, it's an interesting question because my true belief is that it's not that the healthcare component or even the technology is the hardest aspect of seeing women rise up in roles. It's twofold from what I've witnessed. It's number one, seeing other women do what you want to do so you know it can be done. And then it's that ability to learn how to do the nuances of business that allow you to climb the corporate ladder. It's about being well-poised. It's about being well-spoken. It's about being well-educated. It's about having influence and telling a story. That's the hardest part about moving up in any organization. You have to be able to hold your own in a boardroom. Those aren't the things that you get taught in college. Those are the things that you have to have a mentor or anybody willing to share with you how to get there. It might be a woman. Men are equally capable of raising women up through the ranks. My best bosses have been male and female, but they've shown me how to be successful beyond the knowledge that I already have from an academic perspective. That's a tough road to hoe. And more importantly, you have to be able to practice it in a place that when it's not exactly how it was intended, that person will pull you aside and say, hey, that one part in the board meeting where you said this, you did a great job. Think about how to say it this way next time. So it's an, always a coaching opportunity on how to be better. You're not punished for not being perfect as you learn how to become that executive. Awesome. Novelette, let's come over here to you because you shared your story with me when we were in San Diego a few months ago. And, and seriously, I, I'm not sure a week goes by. I don't want to be creepy or anything. But <laughs> not a week goes by, I don't think about you or tell somebody your story because it truly is an inspiration. You fought a lot of battles to get where you are, both personal and professional, to get where you are. You are truly an inspiration. But why do you think maybe that battle might be a little bit tougher for some than others, especially based on gender? Well, it, I agree with Sarah. Um, representation matters and you know, not seeing people who look like you. But I also think it goes back to traditional roles. Um, women have traditionally taken on you know, most of the um, responsibilities for the family. And so they are the CEOs in their homes, but we just never, you know, did get a chance to become the CEOs outside of the home. So we get to see the males in these positions of power and authority, and they look away in a certain way and they speak a certain way, um, as Sarah said. And, you know, so we just never thought that that was us. So for me, um, especially as you said, you know my story, um, originally from Jamaica, coming out of not even a city, but you know the country of Jamaica, I didn't see any of that. But what I did see was a strong mom who was the CEO of home and her business. And so it told me that I could do it. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whether it's a boardroom in the United States in a healthcare system or at my mom, running my mom's shop. So that gave me the opportunity. So for women, they just need to be able to see that. Mm, so great examples as opportunity. Yeah. Anika, let's get to you. So a little different scenario here, and, and I don't know all your background, but I know some, and I still remember you in boot camp. I mean, I know <laughs> I can tell you where you were sitting in the room, and I went, wow, that is a that is a leader, that is a personality, that is a person that can carry themselves, and you can see that sometimes. And I said there was zero doubt. I turned to your old boss at the time, Mark Probst, and I just said, you know, when does she become the CIO? And, and, and we knew you would. And now, look, you didn't even become a CIO. You jumped that level <laughs> to this whole new title, Chief Digital Officer. Tell me about your road. Tell me why you think maybe there was, A, some difficulty, but also I, I think some people that really were cheering for you in a different way and, and rallying for you. 
Yeah. So in all honesty, I am incredibly fortunate and blessed. And one of the things that I think both my difficulties and hardships have taught me, as well as um, the opportunities that I've been afforded have taught me is how important sponsorship is. And I think that, you know, we talk about mentorship a lot of times. I think mentorship is so important. Understanding how to carry yourself is so important. But the sponsor, the person who actually opens the door so that you can walk through it, the person who creates the safe space, the person who lends you their political capital, like that is so much more rare, I think, for women especially, um, because of representation and because of traditional gender roles and because of all of the things. But for me, I think um, I have been incredibly fortunate to have amazing sponsors. Mark Propes was an incredible sponsor for my career. Early in my career, I had a really amazing mentor and sponsor as a young nursing leader who, I'd be very honest, gave me the equivalent of the professional, the talk, many times. And she would say, as an African-American woman, this is how you're going to have to carry yourself. As an African-American woman, you get to say these things and not those. Um, and Part of it, too, is I'm very fortunate that from a sort of growing up and very strong women in the household, they taught me how to listen and learn and how much um, the granting of knowledge and the benefit of experience is a gift to you. And I think also it's sort of how you intake that and how you're able to put that to use is also really important. So, so let's talk about that. That, that was great about that sponsorship and giving opportunities that's mm -hmm. there. And, and Sarah, you're on our board. And one of the things we take great pride at Chime in is creating opportunities for networking, coming together, sharing, collaborating, mentoring, and networking. And I would say even in the early years, I've been involved in Chime now for way too long, 27 of the 30 years Chime's been around. And it used to be there was one or two. There was the great icons of the past of CIOs that were, that were women in Chime. And you had the Adrian Edens and Pat Skouroulis and Stephanie Reels, and I could go on and on. But they were the anomaly. And they were very good at mixing in with mostly a male crowd. Well, now, even last night, we had the, the Women of Vibe event. And it was funny because I got invited to the Women of Vibe, but I don't even get invited to the Women of Chime events in the fall <laughs> forum. They don't even want me there for some reason. But what's funny is you, you went, I went to the event last night. By the way, that's not true. They welcomed me there. I just <laughs> usually have some other conflict but because there's so many events at the same time. But like, even last night, I look, and, and being a bit person that's a bit taller than the average human being, as occasionally you look across, it was nice because I could literally look across this entire group and I could see hundreds of faces that I knew. I knew their names, I knew the people. And that wasn't even true probably 10 years ago at a Chime event or a big conference like this. So how important now, and by the way, it was, I mean, it was going strong when I finally left that to go to the next thing last night. And it was cool to really see, it was networking, people catching up and friends and hugs and that kind of thing. But I also saw the other part of this, which was this true opportunity to network to collaborate, to commiserate occasionally mm -hmm. about some things that weren't going as strong. Why is that such a great opportunity um, and so important as a vital opportunity to get people together that, yes, we want to all be one big happy family, and that's what we are at Chime, but we also want to segment sometimes to give people opportunities to be who they are, whether that's by, by uh, ethnicity, race, whatever the, the case may be, or in gender. But why is that important to what? You know... It's almost like people who could finish your sentences, right? As I listened to all three of us answer just now, 
we could have answered the same way because we have had the same experiences, whether it's the sponsor, the male sponsor, or you know, somebody telling us what to do. It's when you're with people who you can just, you know, even unspoken, mm-hmm. in an unspoken way, you really can get the point across and you can, as you say, commiserate or communicate and share ideas. It just, you know, it builds you up. It really feeds into you and make you feel more powerful about what you're doing and what you can do. Hmm. Okay. Anika? Yeah, so I, I would agree with that for sure. And then I would also add, you know, the opportunity for safe space, um, the opportunity for that sort of protectedness to be able to share things that might not be as comfortable, in all honesty, or their experiences that only a particular sort of protected group, for lack of a better term, would share in all honesty. And so I think that, you know, having space for that type of camaraderie, communication, um, you know, sharing of methods to overcome, right, it is really important um, for, you know, sort of re-energizing and, you know, knowing that you can collectively move through whatever might be facing you in a moment. And I, you know, when I have the opportunity to just sort of collaborate, I think, with those leaders who are, you know, of similar, you know, sort of background experience, those types of things, I think that's one of the things that you definitely come away with. Sarah, what are your thoughts on this opportunity to network? Because I'll, I'll give you serious props. You are one of the best of this I've ever seen in the entire world. I mean, she is the least bashful person I've ever seen. <laughs> and I say that with a 100% compliment. Is I can, you know, When I look at board members, I'm like, oh, we need somebody to go talk to that person. I see Sarah, I'm like, I already got it solved. I, I know she can go start a conversation, network with somebody, and do this. Is it a skill as well as an opportunity and, and the, admittedly, people in IT generally are introverts. I don't think that's how po- most people describe you. Um, but how, how do we give that opportunity but also build the skill? Last night was the first time I had more women's networking events than I could get to in a night, in any event. And that has a lot to credit for the fact that we get to sponsor League of Women, Women of Vibe, all these different events. We're cross-pollinating. I'm a member of Women's Business Leaders of U.S. Healthcare. WBL had events last night and pointing to the hotel across the street. All these pockets of women realizing how empowered we are together. My girlfriends and I share a room when we go to these events. Why? Because we get that pajama time. Our doctors have to do it, but we get the pajama time to say, I have two podcasts and two panels tomorrow. What does this sound like? We've been practicing and rehearsing the script. We're together like this pod of humans that are together. And there's a special level of connectedness that you have when you get to share your lives. Because you've got husbands and you've got kids and you've got aging parents and you've got work and you've got your health and oh my gosh, I'm almost 50 and what's happening in my body. And like, you can have a conversation about a boardroom presentation, getting older, managing elder care, figuring out how to get your kids into college. Oh, by the way, I forgot to call my husband today. You can have all those conversations in five minutes and we can, and it's safe and it's comfortable. And you can flip from one space to the other. I was with Sheree McFarland most of last night, who's been one of my best friends and mentors for almost 20 years. And my friend Jessica said, you two finish each other's sentences. (laughs) But here's what's common. And you know she often travels with her mother who's here with her this week. All three of us talked about the power of the role model that our mom set for us. Mm. Our moms, and I'm sure we all have different stories, probably went through significant Mm. challenges to get us where we are today. Watching them made us who we are. And talking about the CEO of a household, I, I would never have wanted to go through the things my mother went through to get us where we are as kids today. 
and I'm so grateful for those opportunities. That camaraderie that women give to each other when we show up as our true selves and we're not competitive. I remember the day I met Anika, and every time I see your name somewhere, I'm like, I was your boot camp instructor. <laughs> and I felt the same way you did. Same. I'm like, I'm going to work for her someday, and that's my goal. And those moments where all we are supposed to do is lift each other up. We are not supposed to compete. So, so I'll throw out one for you, and we'll see what you all are doing with this. And, and uh, I've used this quote on a bunch of podcasts. I was re- rereading one of the John Maxwell books, and he was talking about the difference between really good leaders and great leaders. And he said, really good leaders create a lot of followers, but really great leaders create more great leaders. Mm-hmm. And you all are great leaders. There's zero doubt in my mind. But now in the positions, the titles, the responsibility is there for you to bring up. I, want, I hate the term the next generation. I just hate <laughs> next generation. You're your job to make more leaders. What are you doing to make more leaders, to empower people, to maybe make the journey a little less difficult? I mean, you are an amazing leader because of the path that you, you had to go through. I wouldn't want that on everybody, but at the exact same time, you, have an, you, you are who you are because of that. What are you doing to bring up, the, bring up a, a group of leaders now? A number of things, and I actually start personally, my daughters, right? <laughs> And so that's also part of my story. I, you know, that Russ and I spoke about is the fact that I was a teenage mom. And my daughter, my first child, she's now a physician who owns her own business and is powerful and actually came to, you know, do some work here in Nashville. And we actually connected and we're like roommates. Um, So it starts there. My, My daughters, they can see what I do and I encourage them and, you know, when they have their struggles, I'm like, Mom, I really can't do this. Yes, you can. I did it. You can. And then at work, you know, being in the IT space, traditionally it has been dominated by male. And if I have a chief position, you know, one of my number two positions that I have to fill, most times the guys will come in with years and years of experience. And I will say, you know, I will always choose the most qualified and a very qualified candidate. But I am very intentional about ensuring that I look for a female or you know, a person of color who may not have had that traditional role and at least interview them. Yeah. And then also sponsor, not just mentor, mm-hmm. but sponsor them. And sometimes I'll take somebody who may not have had all of the experiences, but I'm like, you know what? I can work with that person. They deserve to be here. And I am going to feed into them. As long as they have all the potentials, the credentials, and everything, I'm not going to set anybody up for failure. So that's what I do, both personally and professionally, is intentionality. Well, Sarah, you've hardwired this in your life. You're a professional coach, a professional mentor, professional speaker. Profe- I mean, I just keep putting professional in front because you're so amazing at it. But you've also got a work responsibility. I mean, you, you work in an amazing company. Um, what are you doing to bring up a generation of leaders around you besides the other stuff that you do in the workplace? What do you do? The, it's, I love that you ask, and I love what Navlet said because same thing. Recently someone said, do you realize most of your leaders in your IT organization are women? I went, yes, and. I mean, yes, and it wasn't like I just went and hired a bunch of women. We just happened to continue to hire really capable women. We have a bunch of amazing men on our team too as well. And yet, yes, to, you know, there's four of us in our senior leadership team in IT Three of us are women. Next level down, more than 50% are females. That next level down. And it's 
the way that it's working out for us, we're interviewing these amazing candidates. We had 300 applicants in two weeks for this one position. We pulled eight resumes. Seven of them happened to be women. And just because of the way the credentials laid out. And you're also seeing more women getting master's degrees, more women going to school, more women bringing themselves forward in these opportunities. So we're hiring the best candidates. We are hiring for capability as much as character and that drive to want to get to that next space. And my successor is a woman. I'm very intentional about always figuring out who's going to replace me, even if I'm not looking to leave. Because what's going to happen is twofold. And everyone that works with me knows Beth Cooper. She's in Chime. She's been to boot camp. She has her CHCIO. And she's not here because she's on spring break with her family. Good for her, by the way. And her number two, or her next in line, will be at summer boot camp. And it's that sponsorship. It's that awareness. But what's really, really key is to say, I want you to replace me. Now, I might leave and you get to replace me. And everybody on the board and everybody on the executive team knows that. You might get an opportunity before I decide to move on. And therefore, okay. I just became an incubator for you to become the next CIO. You have to want to hire the people that are capable of replacing you. And I found the biggest barrier is what I said when we started. It's not the technology. They're like, you travel all the time. You're involved in all of these things. And I said, yes, and learn how to balance and be selective about the things that allow you to get where you want to be in your career. Because it's equally okay to say no as it is to yes to opportunities. Allow a place where you can have those thoughtful conversations to figure out where you lean in and when you don't. Because you literally can't do it all at the same time. But make sure everybody has an opportunity to choose what is best for them. Wow. Anika, so a bit of role reversal. I mean, for the last few years, you've been the one that people have been pushing and developing. And, Absolutely. And all of a sudden, wow, you're there. You got there. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Now you got Now the responsibility comes for you to do this. How are you approaching this? Because this is new to you. Absolutely. And, I, you know, I think for me, part of it is... Um, my definition of there continues to evolve. And so I've been really incredibly fortunate to reach particular places in my career. Um, And my husband will say, like, you are never just, like, satisfied. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's kind of the thing that comes with this. Like, you don't get to, (laughs) you don't necessarily get to be, you know, quote, unquote, satisfied. It's like I I hit the rung on a place and I'm like, oh, but that's, that's the next rung and that's where I want to be. And so I think part of it is also creating space to your point around being mobile, being mobile, creates space for that next person. You know, I was really fortunate to have Mark as a mentor. He was very open about, you know, his succession plan. I've been fortunate to have openness about succession planning in my previous career paths. And I think that creates um, motivation, right? A desire to continue to learn and elevate. But I think the other piece for me is that I attempt to sponsor. I attempt to give what was given to me wherever I can, however I can. And I think that is the other part that's really important. I have a 15-month-old baby, right? I have, lots of people don't know that. Announcement on the podcast. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're, not, we're not like super social media people. But like I have a, a, a young African-American male child in my home and I want to be able to demonstrate to him the importance of, you know, what role modeling looks like and the importance of work ethic and the importance of, you know, 
networking and, and understanding. And I'm very fortunate to be able to give my son things that I didn't have. I mean, I'm the product of a teenage mother. I grew up in a really rural town in, in South Carolina. Um, my son has been to work dinners with like really cool people, <laughs> right? And he's like gnawed on the knuckles of like, what kind of humans in in this industry? And I think that's really cool. And that is the environment that he will grow up in. And I think just being able to cultivate and provide that, but also being unabashed about, yes, I am juggling responsibilities of being a mother and a wife and a whatever. And that means that sometimes those things get blended together in really unique ways. So I think just being, I think, visible to others in that realm, I hope is really helpful. Yeah, and vulnerable. It, absolutely. Well, I find that really interesting because, and it's actually a trend we're seeing in almost all of our data of our Chime members. Um, they are becoming CIO, CDS, whatever title of the week it is, at a much younger age. And I think part of this is we're seeing such a mass void being left by the boomers retiring faster. You know, even going back to the statistics, of that huge number we said are going to retire, about 65 to 70% of that is male. What does that create? If you get back to the statistics, that means by definition, the void must be filled by a greater population of, in this case, at least gender equity. Because right now it is first time in, the hist in at least the US history, the workforce is greater female than male with all those challenges mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. um, you know, granted, there are some males that'll stay at home and be the stay at home dad and, and you know, I'm not sure I could have done that. My kids would have turned out horrifically instead of the way they could. Uh, they did. They both ended up amazingly because of their mother. But um, a little bit of me and a lot of that, of her. But it's just not all the same everywhere. There's so many challenges, especially as a younger professional, but in a senior job as we move forward. And there's a lot looking to people like you all for lessons, for, for learn. Matter of fact, we're not far from the, from the vendor floor here, pretty close. And, and I think my daughter is a young professional sitting right over there. You've spent some time with her uh, beyond proud daddy right here, to say the least, because she's turned out quite amazing. But she's looking at people like you for lessons and, and things. She doesn't want to make mistakes that maybe you made. What are some of those lessons that you've learned as you've come up, the mistakes that you've made, you go, hey, listen, it doesn't even matter in this case, what gender, just leadership mistakes. But in this case, specifically, as a young woman sitting on the floor right now, looking at icons like you all now, and that's a big title to carry, by the way. You put that on your business card. I'm an icon. You know, you think about it in our industry, the things you say icon is, that's you all now. You know, they want to learn from you. What, what should they learn from you, Anika? You know, I, I would say the biggest thing that I would hope someone would learn from me is be comfortable forging your own path, um, in all honesty. I think the, the biggest leadership lesson that someone gave me, in all honesty, was to, to know myself, understand the areas where I'm comfortable as a human, bending but not breaking. And whenever I've had executive coaching or, you know, and I've been in, in sticky situations, um, the one thing that I always ask for is, quite frankly, I want to come out of this as me. 
And I think sometimes that's really hard for people to sort of pause and take stock of. I consider myself a fair and equitable human. I always want to be kind. I'm not always nice, in all honesty, but I always want to be <laughs> kind, right? And I think the best leadership lessons are the ones that I learned from my grandmother. You know, things like everything goes down better with a little bit of honey on it, right? So <laughs> there are there are things that I think I like are it. super important to you as an individual um, that you want to be able to carry forward as you grow from a leadership perspective. Pausing to take stock of what those things are and making sure that you can recognize yourself, right, wherever you're going, I think is really important. And so if there's something that I could give to someone else, I would say be comfortable and feel comfortable getting to know you and who you always want to be. There's plenty of sort of forging in the steel and plenty of changes that'll happen to you as, as people pour into you and cultivate you. But there should be those things that you want to hold true. Know what those are. Keep those for yourself. Awesome. Novelette? You know, this, that's great. And I'll add to that to say, also, speaking of the networking, create a coalition yeah. of, um, you know, people around you and, and make sure it's a coalition that doesn't necessarily always look like you, speak like you, think like you, or even in the same industry as you. Um, and that you can always go to for advice or you could see how they behave and say, oh, that works in education. It can work in healthcare, right? Um, so that is just really, really important is don't try to do it all by yourself. Just create that coalition and um, also, you know, male we talk about our male sponsors you know we are a woman we're talking about women topic and so we cannot do the same thing and just insulate ourselves and and not also look out for mm -hmm. our sons right Absolutely. and our brothers and our uncles too so create that coalition on and and lean on it awesome sarah the final word on this Know where you can ask the questions you're too embarrassed to ask anybody else. So you mentioned Adrienne Edens. She's literally one of my best friends, but only because I stalked her for years on the show floor until she became my friend. We literally socially hang out. Bill Spooner. I went through a really rough patch in my career at one point and to where I just picked up the phone and I'm in tears and I'm embarrassed, but I'm not embarrassed to call Bill Spooner and say, I don't know what to do right now. And he said, you go do these three things, kid. And you call me every time. Check in. And you know what? It was the best thing I ever did. I ended up in a job that I loved, in a place I loved, but I was allowed to be just raw and have people that could teach me how to get through it. Because who do you ask? You can't, you're too embarrassed to go tell anybody else, but you go ask these, literally you talk about, talk about icons. They invented Chime. They created this path for us. I saw Bill this morning. He's like at some really important like business breakfast. And I'm like, jump on him and hug him and say, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And everyone's like, who is she? And he's like, well, you know, she found me a few years ago kind of a thing. But the other thing too about women, take up space. Yeah. Like take up space. I remember I used to sit like, you know, like almost like a chipmunk in meetings, like don't want to make, make a scene. And I remember someone saying, take up space, like be yourself, wear whoever you are. If you like bright colors, if you like tall shoes, if you like boldness, be you, be kind. Mm -hmm. Thank you, mom. But more importantly, you can be kind and firm. They're not mutually exclusive. But own the space that you have created for yourself, whether that's through voice, whether it's through advocacy, whether it's through, through philanthropy, whatever you're doing. And exactly what Novlet said, half of my industry peers are not in healthcare. They're CIOs in manufacturing and legal and city government because we're all solving the same problems with technology in different settings. 
Well, we're all tied to the same purpose of what we're doing every day. That's leaving a legacy of something better than what we found mm-hmm. it. And you've got to find those people that let you do all of those things together. And I'm just grateful that not being shy allowed me to find the people who could help me then pull shy people out of the crowd and not make them feel uncomfortable. One of my favorite Chinese speakers of all time was Jane McGonigal. And, and most people didn't get to see this, but she would sit in the back just before she would go on stage and she'd do power poses in the back. And she would literally say in her head, power pose, power pose. And one day she was doing it and I said, you know you're not saying it in your head. You're saying it out loud. And she goes, I am? <laughs> she goes, my inner monologue's not working today. And she was literally just saying power pose out loud over and over. She was doing different poses. And I said, why are you doing that? She goes, I'm making myself big. So I can go out on stage where I feel really uncomfortable. I was just, and, and I still think the same way. Now what's funny is every time I go on, Keith goes, Russ, are you doing your power poses? <laughs> <laughs> One last question real quick for you all as, as we finish our time up. Chime's been a big part of all your different lives in different ways. You very much recently, and as part of our developmental programs, now responsible for helping us part of this. Yeah, Anika, what, what, what role does Chime play for you? What does it mean to you? You know, I, I think um, Chime for me has been incredible for networking, but I also think when I think about the forums, there have been just really specific events. So um, an example is I will, my, my first ever Chime event, I came with Mark. And uh, I think we were in San Diego, if I'm remembering right. I can't remember the location, but we're sitting out one evening by the fire and he said to me, I don't think you actually know yet what you can do. And I just, I remember like the entire conversation and it was this concentrated amount of time that you don't get. That I got like four hours of uninterrupted post-dinner, like basically fireside chat with Icon, like Mark Probst, without question, he was an icon before I ever went to Intermountain. And I will never forget like the value of the lessons in those conversations. And so I think for me, Chime is, it is that networking, it is the the learning and the development programs, but it's also like the space where you can get uninterrupted, like incredibly valuable time with people who I think can pour in you in a really unique way. Wow, Sarah? Chime is home for me. I mean, I can't imagine my life without this organization. And more importantly, through the sponsorship, through the advocacy, through the opportunities, what it has allowed me to do professionally. But it's also taught me how to have a personal life. And I've created friends that, I mean, my favorite time of year is all of our Chime events, whether that's spending time with our vendor partnerships and and teaching our foundation partners how to be better partners and sell in healthcare, whether that's I guess I still call it spring forum. That's how I've been around, but <laughs> vibe, fall forum, boot camps. It is home. It's the home base that it's allowed everything else to grow from that. So that level of like paying it forward and gratitude to what Chime has allowed me to become, I would, I would never, ever be what I am today if it wasn't for Chime. Wow. I agree on the networking, the education. Mm-hmm. And I'll also say the thing that Chime gives me is hope. Uh, as I look at the topic um, this year, all the topic around diversity, equity, and inclusion, you know, and, you know, socioeconomic, political type of things, Chime brings it forward, and Chime is not afraid to, you know, go there with this topic and bring others into the conversations who may not always be in those conversations. So that gives me hope about the role that Chime plays, not just like 
you know, affinity group or a group where CIOs go and have fun. That's the other part that I love about Chime. When I come here, I get to party. <laughs> I, I, I'm not sure what you're talking about. There, you know, hey, we know Russ. <laughs> <laughs> but fun. But it just Absolutely. gives me so much hope to see that we are not afraid to take on, you know, everything, not just be technologists, but we're taking on everything. <laughs> Well, unfortunately, our time is up, and uh, and I was finished by saying ladies first. I'm going to say leaders first. You all are first leaders that truly inspire everyone, regardless of whatever group it is looking at you. Leaders want to look at great leaders, and you all are great leaders. Thank you for being that, but also being role models uh, for, for selfishly for me, for my daughter out there, so she can see great leaders like you and know she can get there to places that are much higher up the rungs. Um, eventually, she wants to be there and, and has made that very clear, even to her fiancé. So I'm telling you, you are inspirations <laughs> to people out there, and if you don't realize it. But more importantly, thank you for being part of the Chime family. Um, that's what kind of makes your three descriptions work. We're all part of a community and a family together, and we greatly appreciate it. Thank, thank you, Russ. Thank, thank you. Thank you for your sponsorship. Absolutely. Thank you. Hey, we'd also like to thank our listeners for joining us for this episode of the Trailblazer series of our Chime Digital Health Leaders podcast series. You can visit our website at chimecentral.org forward slash media or a Spotify to listen to this and all of the amazing top healthcare leaders. Continue to innovate, transform, and create positive change to advance and improve health and care throughout all the communities we serve. But for now, stay safe and God bless.